Welcome to the Audacity Church Podcast. We pray that you are blessed by what you hear today. We love to hear stories of what God is doing in people's lives. Take some time to share your story of how God is working in your life and email us at amen at loveservego.com. Now prepare your heart to hear from God today. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been guarded by various trials, or grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found <laughs> to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith and the salvation of your souls. Well, welcome to week two of Q&A. Are you excited to be here this morning? Oh, worship was just off the chain this morning, and it helps whenever they sing one of my favorite songs. My name's Ronnie, and I am uh, the founding pastor of Audacity Church, my wife Ashley and I, and uh, we're really glad that you're here today. And uh, we're um, starting a, a, a series, or second week of a series, but we're answering the same question uh, called Q&A. And I'm not going to give the series verse because we'll actually touch on it in just a little bit. But I don't want to do a disservice for you that were, or you that weren't here last week or maybe you didn't get to uh, listen to the podcast. I just want to remind you of the answers from last week of why do bad things happen to good people. One of the reasons is because God is sovereign. We don't understand all that God does and how he's moving and maybe what he's trying to allow to take place in your life. Another answer is that we are limited by our humanity. There's things that we just don't fully understand. And then sometimes it just might be discipline. Uh, God loves us, and sometimes he tries to correct us to get us right on the right path. And then for me, the most important thing for me to remember or be reminded of, no matter what God allows me to walk through or go through, is really simple. It's my sole reason, your sole reason for existence is to glorify God. That's it. Now, what we want, you know, we want to think, well, I, I exist to make some coin. I exist to marry a smoking hot dude or lady, depending on your circumstance, or I exist, but we have all these reasons that we exist. And the fact of the matter is this, your sole purpose for existence is to glorify God. We also talked about how we're trying to answer this question, and the question comes to us as, <clears throat> why do bad things happen to children? Why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, the question sometimes says, how can a good God allow suffering? And what we said that we were going to do is we were going to answer the question under the question. And the question is, why do, God, why do bad things happen to good people? But we also said that the question under the question is just as important for us to at least address in, in, in context. And this is the question. God ain't fair. Right? God isn't fair. There's a lot of things that he allows that I just don't think or fair, or the deeper question is, man, if I'm going to give my life to this God, if I'm going to follow Jesus with all of my heart, man, can he be trusted? Is what he's asking me to do, can I trust that what he's telling me to do? 
And then you guys know uh, I never quote him, or I at least quote him once a week, but TK all day. Dr. TK. Dr. Timothy Keller, we're reminded of this quote. This is what he said. If you have a, a God great and transcendent enough to be mad at because he hasn't stopped evil and suffering in the world, then you at the same time have a God that transcendent enough to have good reasons for allowing it to continue that you can't know. Indeed, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> now, I'm a guy that likes it both ways. I like my cake and my ice cream, right? I mean, that... I, and really, when it comes down to it, we're like, God, listen, I, I, I want it both ways. I want to be able to give you input on how you're holding the entire universe together. <laughs> but I also want to be able to tell you that I'm mad at you when things don't go my way. Right? I mean, we're created that way. But I love Keller's quote because it basically says, if God is big enough for us to be mad at because of pain, suffering, and things that don't go our way, then at the same time, God is big enough <laughs> for us not to understand what we're going through. Amen? Does that make sense? We're also reminded last week that God is holy. You know, we can't even wrap our hands around that. I mean, He is holy, holy, holy. Gosh, He's perfect. So even if we don't understand exactly what He's allowing to happen, we have to trust Him. So if you're in the house today, man, we're glad you're here. And if you've never given your heart and your life to Jesus, um, this lesson today isn't fully for you. And it, it's not that you can't learn or you can't glean from it, but today my responsibility for the Q&A series is I'm just going to speak to the house. I'm going to speak to our church today. I'm going to speak to those that have followed, who are following Jesus, who are giving their lives to Christ and who are chasing after his heart. And so I'm going to ask that you give me the privilege and the liberty to do that. So why do bad things happen to good people? If I were going to title today's message, it would be very, very simple. Trials bring growth. That's the answer. The question is, why does God allow bad things to happen to you? The question is, why does God allow impossible circumstances to come against you? Is because when we are walking with Jesus, they always bring growth. 1 Corinthians tells us this in chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure. If you just walked up and down your block today when you got home, you took a little poll in the neighborhood, you're like, hey, has anything crappy happened this week? Hey, how about last week? Whether someone is following Jesus or not, bad things happen. Tough things happen. And if you were to really take it, so the trials that we face in this world as followers of Jesus are not uncommon to man. And I love that the Bible reminds us of that. But trials bring growth. The truth is, is that when you and I are walking through lives as fully devoted followers of Jesus, as passionate pursuers of the king of the universe, things, there's two adversaries, if you will, that we will always be fighting against. And the first one is your flesh. See, apart from the Holy Spirit living through you and you submitting to the will of God in your life, you will always be fighting the flesh. The flesh has very selfish desires. The flesh always wants to be first. And the, the flesh asks my favorite sales question. When I teach people how to sell and we did these training classes and stuff, I said, you always tell the customer with them. Let's say, what's in it for me? And you and I ask the same thing in our lives, with them. 
and the pride in us is with them. What's in it for me? The other adversary that we face that is real, his name's Lucifer. He's a fallen angel. He's been trying to thwart the plan of God. We talked about it last week. It is the image of, he, of God in you that so enrages hell that the devil, the adversary, is going to hurl his mightiest weapons at. So whenever you start chasing the heart of God or when God starts moving in your life or in your church and you want to quit, man, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. The adversary is always trying to get in our way. The adversary is our self, our pride, our selfish nature. And then we have a real adversary that's trying to trump us up, that's trying to make us stumble. So how do they bring growth? I'm going to give you a couple of things that they bring, how they bring growth. One, trials grow your faith. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says this, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire. Man, I did not read that as well as just did. I'm sorry. <laughs> she had a tad more passion than I did, right? It was beautiful this morning. I'm just saying she's raised the bar on all y'all that speak and read the scriptures every Sunday. But our, the genuineness of our faith sometimes is tested. See, sometimes trials or, or bad things happen to us in life, and it allows our faith to grow. That's why it happens. It doesn't mean that it's fair. It doesn't mean that, that, that um, for you it will make complete sense. But sometimes God allows us to go through things or make, forces us into situations where we have to believe him for the impossible because he's trying to grow our faith. Our series verse for Q&A has been pretty simple. Well, it's a pretty popular verse in Christendom. But I'm going to read it slowly. And not because you're a remedial like me, but because I want you to allow every word to sink into your spirit today. Trust in the Lord. With all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all. Everybody say all. all. He didn't ask you for an hour on Sunday. He asked for it all. In all of your ways acknowledge him. And he will make your path straight. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. And as our faith is growing, we trust for more. That's what happens. As our faith grows, the next impossible circumstance that you are placed in, it doesn't even phase you. We have to come to the point where we are trusting God and not leaning on our own understanding. Well, Ronnie, you don't understand. Things are pretty tight right now. I'm in a pretty impossible situation. I know. I feel you. Trust. But Ronnie, I don't, I really, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get through this. I'm running out of money before I'm running out of month. Things don't look right. My relationship's on the rocks. I don't know what to, trust. But Ronnie, I, you don't understand because you, you're not in my trust. See, whenever you learn to trust God, your faith will grow. When you learn to trust God, you will begin to start expecting the impossible. When you learn to trust God, man, it, it puts you in a position where you don't fear. 
And you don't fear because of what we sang earlier. We are no longer slaves to fear. Why? Not anything that you or I have done, but because of Jesus, you and I are sons and daughters of God. Man, it should get you excited. And if it doesn't, maybe you should find another church. James chapter 1 says this. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And the steadfastness have its, uh, has, have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Man, trials are always going to grow your faith. Your faith is designed to grow stronger. If you think about a muscle, and I know that I look like I work out every day, and you guys are right, I don't. Um, Amen. Woo. I've been working on this one ab for, oh, for a few decades. It's nice. It looks clean. I know. But do you know I have been to the gym, just not like two months. Don't tell anybody. Um, I've been busy. And, um, but whenever you go and you work out and you're creating muscles, muscles, what they do is it's resistance that causes your muscles to develop. And do you know how your muscle becomes stronger? Do you realize that as you're, you're using a muscle, and I know mine are huge, right? You can see it from way back there, probably not. Yeah. Uh, as you're doing the... <laughs> oh, man, that's why I love this church. Uh, <laughs> good call. Whenever you... <laughs> Let me make this point. It's not that funny. <laughs> ah, Lord. Hey, when, what happens is inside your muscles are a bunch of little X's. It's just basically cutting your muscle over and over again. And that's what resistance does. Resistance cuts your muscles over and over again. It's so that it can grow stronger because then your muscle says, oh, my Lord, we're, we got to repair. we got to fix. And that's what happens with your faith. Your faith is made stronger because it's being tested. It's being, there's opposition that's coming. It's resistance that's happening over and over again. And so that muscle gets stronger and stronger. Your faith is built by the hearing of the word of God. Your faith is built by the intimacy in your quiet time. Faith is in general, is whenever we decide that we're to live out what we've learned, and that's how faith grows. I've said it before, but I'll say it again and probably another million times. At Audacity, we don't want that the time that you come to know Jesus at Audacity, at Kids Camp, wherever it might have happened, another church, we don't want that to be the climax of your spiritual journey. We want that to be the starting point where you go into deeper waters, where you trust God for more impossible things, and where you allow him to use you in ways that you don't even feel qualified or fit for. That's what he wants to do in your life. As we walk through trials, as bad things happen to good people, the Bible tells us that sometimes it just tests the genuineness of our faith. We are being refined. I once heard a story about a lady that was wash, watching a, a man as he was working with a precious metal. And he was basically putting this precious metal in fire and then pulling it out and putting it back in the fire. And as she's watching him, she realizes that all these things are burning off to make this thing more pure. And as she's talking to the man that's a refiner, he comes back out and she says, Hey, how do you know when you're done? How do you know when all the impurities have been removed? And he said, That's the easiest part. He said, It's when I can see my own reflection in that precious metal. I know that I'm done. See, that's what Christ is trying to do in some of us, all of us. He's trying to burn away all the impurities of fear and false comforts and false hope. 
And he's trying to get you to the point where as he's refining you, he's trying to see the image of his son, Jesus, in you as he allows you to walk through whatever bad thing might be happening. Trials will always grow your faith. Trials will also reveal righteousness. Romans chapter 3, it says this, What if some were unfaithful? Does their faithlessness nullify the faithfulness of God? By no means. Let God be true, though everyone a liar. As it is written, though, we, though you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged, but if our unrighteousness serves to show the righteousness of God, what shall we say? That God is unrighteous to inflict wrath on us? I speak in a human way. I love what Paul tells us here. Paul is challenging us not to look at the faithfulness of God by the faithfulness of those around us. Man, aren't you thankful that God is so much more faithful than those that are around you? Man, there's a lot of, but see, because of this, this is how we treat God. Well, you know, I was really let down by so-and-so and him and her and such and such, and so it's really hard for me to trust God. Well, I didn't have a daddy, so it's really hard for me to think of how a, a good father can be a good father. And what we do is we use all of these excuses, and that's what they are, instead of allowing our faith to be placed in the righteousness of God and allow that the trials that we walk through to reveal the righteousness of Christ in us. Romans chapter 12 says this, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and constant in prayer. Do you know what is happening when you're going through trying circumstances in life and when you refuse to do anything but have hope, when you just decide that you're going to be patient no matter the tribulation, and through that you're going to be constant in prayer, you will become more righteous. Not that you're earning anything, but you're going to become more like Jesus. James chapter 1 says this, Blessed are the man who remains steadfast under trials. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. Trials do not show us how strong our faith is as much as they, decide, they will reveal whether or not you're going to remain faithful. And I know that one hurts, so I'm going to read it again, not to cause more pain, but because I don't want you to miss this point. Trials do not show us as much how strong our faith is as much as they reveal whether or not we will remain faithful. The way that we walk through trials often will reveal the confidence in the object of the faith that you have. Often we don't walk... Let me, oh, let me make this point first. This is what people do. They quit. They quit ministry. They quit the church. They quit their family. They quit their jobs. They quit. Whenever the trial that you're walking through should make you stronger and reveal more righteousness in you, you quit. You quit right before God wants to bless you. You quit. I mean, and I'm not, I'm preaching at myself here, but this is what we do. Ministry gets hard. Where you're serving gets uncomfortable. And you quit. You quit. You know, I was talking to Abba once. Um, I was, uh, was having a tough time. And uh, I vomit on him a lot, so you guys just shake his hand. Give him some bottles of Purell or something later. And... Um, me and him were talking about different things, and he just looked at me one night, and I don't know if he stole this from somebody, but you guys give him credit if you put it on Facebook later, maybe, I don't know. And he said this, he goes, Ronnie, do you know what? He goes, you're going to win. I said, well, I don't know if we're going to win. He said, but, but we, I know God's got to come out. He goes, no, just don't quit. 
don't quit. And that's what happens in our lives. We quit. We quit when things get hard. We quit. Now, let me tell you this. I know some of you need a Sabbath because you're not honoring your Sabbath. Some of you might be really busy in ministry, but I promise you this. I know who is and who isn't. Some of you need to do more for this house, more for the church, just so God could bless you. Because when you go through trials, you don't quit. You keep fighting. You keep allowing God to reveal his righteousness in you. It's so easy to quit. So what happens when we go through trials? Man, I don't always go through trials totally courageous and completely fearless. But I do walk through them with confidence because I know that God is. God is completely fearless. God is completely courageous. And because I am his daughter or his son, I have the ability to walk in that confidence. I wish we would get that on the inside of us so that the object of our faith could be measured by what he fully deserves. He deserves all of you, not part of you. He doesn't deserve you part-time, temporarily. He deserves you full-time, all the time, 168 hours a week. And he's wanting to reveal his righteousness in you. I mean, think of Job. You know, I was talking to uh, my wife. You guys know I preach transparently. And uh, you guys also know that uh, church planning isn't for wimps. And I hold people uh, the high level of accountability. I I was walking through a circumstance here recently, and I wasn't too stoked about it. Something most of you know that's going on in our personal life. And I I was talking to my wife, and I was just really, really struggling. And I was on the phone, and I just left a meeting where I wanted to hug somebody until they stopped breathing. And um, God doesn't let me do that yet. Um, And and, uh, so I, I was leaving this meeting, and I told Ashley, I was like, you know, I don't have it as bad as Job. And whenever I was praying today, I was talking to her, I was like, I still can't say, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. <laughs> what, are your, what circumstance are you going through that is, is as tough as Job's? You ain't. I ain't. It's good English, I know. But that's how we, because of who we're fighting, right? Our sin nature, our prideful self, right? Hello, this guy, <laughs> he's always. And then the adversary who's out there who's constantly trying to trip you up. See, whenever you decide to walk through trials courageously and fearlessly, not because you have it all figured out, not because you know the answer to every question, but because you serve and are loved by the Heavenly Father who is in complete control, totally sovereign over your circumstance. And in those circumstances, when we don't quit, when we keep pressing forward, man, it's going to reveal the righteousness of Christ in us. Trials also reveal strength. You know, the Apostle Paul was a dude named Saul, changed his name from something that meant very important to actually means the least. Before Paul changes his name, he's out persecuting Christians, and an angel visits this guy and says, hey, I need you to go tell Paul and go uh, heal him. He's, He's blind. I need you to heal him. And it says this in Acts chapter 9, but the, Lord, but the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry out my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Now listen, I'm not telling you 
that and didn't share that verse with you because I think that you're going to suffer much for the name of Christ. But what I do want you to know is no matter what circumstance that you are walking through, God has it all planned out. No matter what it is that you're having to endure that seems like an impossible situation, Jesus is the answer. No matter what may seem overwhelming and you're like barely, you're doggy paddling right in the, in the deepest of oceans and all you're like gasping for air and you do not think that you can get through, guess what? You can't. Jesus is your strength. He's going to show you how he, you can become strong in him. I love the book of Philippians. In chapter 4, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything. Anything. I can't do that for 15 minutes. No, I'm serious. I mean, I know it says it there, and I've read it, and I've hid the word of God in my heart, but like, I'm like anxious about stuff I have absolutely no control over. Right? <laughs> Mercy's five, and I'm worried about how she's going to be in college. <laughs> Like she will not be able to join a sorority. I mean, I um, and um, I, what, what's funny is like I, seriously, like, I I worry about that, and she's five, right? How am I going to be anxious about that? Oh, I know y'all aren't like I know that I, y'all don't do anything like that, right? You don't do anything like that. It was raining last night, and this is all I could think about was we have a leak back here. Kept me up all night long. Like man, no one's there. It's two o'clock in the morning. Like, what was I going to do? I stayed up and worried about it for y'all. Not a big deal. You're welcome. You're welcome. I mean, but this is what we do. We get so anxious and so worked up about circumstances that we don't have a whole lot of control over. It says don't be anxious about anything. Let me even talk about the serious things. Like how, how are we going to get fed? How are we going to do this? How we, like, I, where am I going to sleep tonight? There are real questions that I know cause a lot of anxiety, but if you will just walk in the love of Christ and not worry about anything, but then do what? Pray. Why do we immediately go to worry instead of prayer? It's because you trust more in your worry than you do your prayer. Like me worrying last night about that stupid leak back there really <laughs> impacted anything i was like man i wonder if they put a bucket i told him to put a bucket i mean my mind was running i should have been sleeping don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving what i need you to learn church is i need you to be learn to be thankful for the answer that you can't see I'm going to say it again because that's good preaching. I heard a few amens. What you need to do church is you need to start being thankful for the answer that you can't see and I don't know where it's going to come from, but God does. He's completely sovereign. I don't know what the next thing in line that he's going to do to make sure that, you, that this need gets met. But guess what? He does in prayer and thanksgiving. Here's how I do it. I know you guys are much better than I am. But God, this is harder than I want it to be. Instead of saying, God, thank you that this is already done. And you know what? Here's what we, we people of faith, we are so dorky. It is so much easier for me to believe stuff for you than it is for my own self. Isn't it funny? I've been praying healing over Thatcher, and I haven't even doubted a minute. I got an infection in my toe, and I'm like, though he slay me. <laughs> oh, oh, I can't walk. I mean, this is how we live life. It is easier for me to bestow my faith upon you than to actually walk in a confidence faith on my own. 
And it's because we don't have this, we don't believe the strength is really there. And I want you to leave this house today knowing that it is. It is available for you. He goes on to say towards the end of that verse, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How do you do all things through Christ that strengthens you? You don't worry about anything. With prayer and thanksgiving, you walk and you believe for the answer that you cannot see. If that doesn't make you excited, someone check your pulse. I don't know if you've ever been to the Tulsa Zoo. There's this rock. It's about 12 feet tall. My kids love to climb it. And like, by the time we get there, I'm already ready to leave. Like, it's like 150. I mean, and uh, we get to the rock. And they would play on this thing for hours if I would let them. <clears throat> when the older set was little, we would uh, let them just sit there and play. And one day I could see, and I, can't, I, I think it was Josiah. I, I could, he, like, there was panic on his face. And I walked over to him, and I said, hey, buddy. He's like, you don't have to get down. I said, just jump to me. And he said, are you going to catch me? <laughs> That's what happens when you have a practical joking father, you know. And I said, well, yeah, buddy, I'm going to catch you. I said, just jump. He said, Dad, I don't want you not to, I don't want you not to miss, don't miss me. I said, buddy, I just, oh, listen, don't go knees first. Just, God, you're going to have to fall. <laughs> don't hurt me. And just jump. And you know what that's turned into? Every time we go to the zoo, my kids want to climb the rock. And then they want to jump to me. And sometimes now, because they're audacious children, they'll say something like, hey, why don't you back up? And I'm like, <laughs> because I don't want to get hurt. I mean, and see, I think a lot of times in our life, that's how God is. He said, will you jump? Will you just trust me? Will you jump? And as you grow in your faith, and as you face even more impossible circumstances, you're going to look at him and say, hey, let's wade out into some deeper waters. Won't you back up some? And the only way that we get there is if we allow our faith to grow. The only way, and, and guys, the fancy terminology of this is sanctification and obedience. Sanctification is this process of us becoming more like Christ. Obedience is how our faith grows. So I don't know what impossible circumstances that you might be facing today. And I don't always know why bad things happen to good people. But I do know this. No matter what trial you're going through, it is always going to cause growth. It will. Now, the trial that you're going through can grow in your faith. It can reveal righteousness, and it can reveal who your strength is. But it will always cause you to grow because you have a loving Father who no longer wants you to be a slave to fear. And he wants you to walk in the confidence of being a son and daughter of God. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get plugged into the ministry of Audacity or support this ministry financially, you can get more information at loveservego.com.